Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. Today, we're going to take a look back to the preseason award predictions we made and how our predictions match up with the actual award winners. Then after that, we'll talk about some of the big trades and the free agency moves that we have seen so far this offseason. I'm Charlie Erling, and I have Mitch Krumpetich and David McGraw with me. What's up, guys? You know, just enjoying the first day of Summer League and the old uh, Woj bomb-filled um, free agency start. But before we start, I definitely want to say RIP and farewell and good luck to Mark Stein. I loved Mark Stein, and I'm really sad to see him leave ESPN. Uh, Woj has the Woj bombs, but he's no Mark Stein. That's pretty rough to say RIP. I mean, like, yeah, he's out of a job, but it's not like he's dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's sure dead he's, to like, me. He's still got a Twitter. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Poor guy. I mean, I, I think of it like there's two ways to look at it. He's got this clause in his contract with ESPN where he can't do any, like, reporting or anything for two years, but they're still going to pay him. So it's like he gets paid to do nothing, but we don't get – Mark Stein's amazing reporting for two years, and like he wants to be working. I feel like that but is a long whatever. no compete. That is like a really long no compete clause. You know what? His golf game will probably make a turn for the best here, though. So probably, probably and then he'll come back right stronger than ever in two years. There we go. Make sure to get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter is at Sunny and PHX Pod. Our email is sunnyandphxpod at gmail.com. And check us out over at our new host, the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network, over at deepishthoughts.com. Thanks for listening to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast. If you'd like to further support the show, you can head over to tpublic.com slash user slash sunnyandphx. That's teepublic.com slash user slash sunnyandphx. We've got t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, all kinds of stuff. You can get our famous cheese is warming up design or just one that says Sunny and PHX. Again, tpublic.com slash user slash Sunny and PHX. And go Suns! Alright, so in the preseason we like to try to predict how the season awards are going to shake out. So we went back to episode 40 to see who we picked in these awards in the preseason. But the kicker is, David's the only one that went back and looked. So, And he's warned me and Mitch that we might get a little flaming here. So, <laughs> I guess look, look forward to that. So, David, you just take it away. Where do we start here? Yeah, so we are going to go in order of how we picked these awards because I thought that would be way more fun. So, first one <laughs> is... Because we're just getting into this a little bit of a not-so-hard one, but definitely fun. Sun's leader for points per game. Do you guys have any guesses on who you picked? I think I bet I picked Booker. You you are right, Mitch. And we, oh, we, yeah. actually, we actually all picked Booker, which was right. Booker averaged 22.1 points. The next best was Bledsoe with 21.1. Charlie decided to go out on a limb and say that he didn't think Booker could score over 19 points per game, which is what he averaged post-All-Star break. Boo. David went out on a limb and said he averaged 19 post-All-Star break. He's definitely going to break 20. So leave that as you will. David was right. Moving on. (laughs) So, we are going to go to rebounds next. Me and Chuck, we went with Len. Mitch went with Chandler. And, I mean, Chandler was the winner with 11.5 rebounds per game. Len only had six. Oh, ouch. (laughs) Jeez. But... They were 
technically? Where is he? I can't find him on here. They were Don't try to justify there it is. this. Sorry. No, they were technically closer with total rebounds because Tyson oh. uh, didn't play for half the year. And so Alex Lund got to catch up a little bit and uh, was only 20 rebounds behind Tyson at the end with Tyson having 539 total rebounds and Alex Lund having 510. So mm. it was a little closer than almost double the rebounds. Good to know. That's good to know. I don't feel so bad about that. <laughs> I mean, we should we should still definitely feel bad about that because, yeah, Tyson did not lose anything in the rebounding department, and uh, Len never put it together like a lot of us thought he would, or hoped he would, I guess per se. In a contract year, yeah, that was yep. rough. All right, so next was assists per game. We all said bled. I guessed around seven, and. Bledsoe was the leader in assists per game with 6.3. I don't. I think you guys both said probably somewhere around six. I was the only one that said seven or over. So we're all right, right around there. Here's the fun one. Cool. Here's the fun one. Steals per game. Oh, I know what I said, and it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I said U.S. I said U.S. Chuck, do you know who you said? PJ? No, you did not say PJ. You actually went with... Did I... You went with Bledsoe. Ah. You you went with Bledsoe. You guessed that Bledsoe would average over two steals per game. Oh, that's a pretty lofty expectation there, huh? That that was a little rough, but... uh, Yeah. Do you guys have a guess for who I said? Because this is really rough. Uh, big sauce. No, <laughs> I guess. Did you say Brandon Knight? I guess that Brandon Knight would lead the team uh, in steals per ooh. game, and average at least two steals per game. Oh no! Wow, <laughs> hot take right there. He averaged half a steal per game. <laughs> All right, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we were pretty high on Brandon Knight at the beginning of the year. The, the actual answer was PJ with 1.5. And the actual leader overall, which is where we're going to go with, is Bledsoe with 91 steals overall on the season. So if we were keeping track of points, Chuck would probably have gotten some points there. Beautiful. All right. Blocks per game. We actually all said Chris, which... Is interesting. We were all wrong. Mitch actually said that he thought that Len could possibly get it, but decided to go with Chris as well. And Len was actually our leader in blocks with 1.3. And I said, watch out for Dragon Bender if he gets enough minutes, which he did not. And he averaged 0.5. He did not. He averaged 0.5 blocks per game. So there's that. Next, we go to plus minus, which is, as we just had to cut out, a very depressing stat to look at overall. But Mitch said Bledsoe would lead plus minus for the season. He was right. Bledsoe led the team with 3.3, a plus 3.3. Really? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Chuck said Knight would lead the team. In plus oh, minus. No. <laughs> Brandon Knight did not get pl- win in plus minus at all. And since uh, I have to I have it pulled up, I just feel like I have to say this. The only two guys worse than Brandon Knight were Jarrell Eddy and Elijah Millsap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was gonna leave that one 7. alone. 3. I was definitely gonna leave that one alone, but uh you know, yeah, you said negative it. Negative so. four point five. That that hurts. <laughs> All right, and now we go over to efficiency. So, we were trying to figure out who would be the most efficient player on the Suns this year, besides Tyson Chandler. So that was the stipulation: was if it's not Tyson Chandler, since he was hopefully not going to be 
uh, getting the ball in the post a ton and doing that, who would have the highest efficiency percentage? So Mitch said sauce, but not really. And then he agreed with me with Booker. And Chuck said Marquise Chris. Now, I will tell you that neither of those are right. (laughs) Because besides Tyson Chandler, who was the most efficient out of all of our players, the next up was, as soon as I find it again, because I had it right there, was Jared, no, was actually Derek Jones Jr. (laughs) Technically. Wow. Wow. That, that does make sense, though. That's, yeah. So, that's actually really cool. So Tyson was 67.1% efficiency field goal percentage. Derek Jones Jr. was 57.4% efficiency field goal percentage. And then Jared Dudley was 565 efficiency or efficient field goal percentage. Chris had a 50.6, so not too, not too far from there. And Booker had a 47.5. So, you know, Chris was closer. Chris was definitely closer. But, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be Chandler, and that's why I said in the thing, I think this was one of the ones where we kind of just came up with it on the spot, was that, okay, if it's not Chandler, who's it going to be? And, uh, you know, Derek Jones Jr., good undrafted kid. Got to love it. All right. So next is... Who would have the worst free throw percentage? Now, Mitch, me and you both agreed on who this would be. Do you have any idea who we guessed? I think we said Tyson. No. no? Chuck said Tyson. Oh. I mean, I, we I, say I, think, Len? I think we technically were right because we said Archie. Oh, Archie. Which <laughs> I, I think this posted and then a day later, Archie got cut. Oh, (laughs) so we guessed Archie. It was not Archie and it was not Chandler either. The person with the worst free throw percentage was technically Bender with 36.4%, but he didn't really shoot that many free throws. So I think he gets a pass there. And the next up is actually, well, I'm not going to say Elijah Millsap either, but he, he was he was bad too. The next up is actually Chris by a percentage point under Sauce. By 0.1 percentage point. So Marquise Chris, free throw percentage, 62.4%. And Alan Williams, 62.5%. So wow. those guys are the bottom if you don't count Bender or Elijah Millsap. All right, these next ones are kind of subjective, these next couple ones. So we're just going to kind of discuss them, I think. We had Suns MVP as a guess on who it would be, and we all said Bledsoe. And I know if you ask me, I would probably say Booker after the fact, but do you guys have any thoughts on who is possibly our MVP this year? Uh, I think it'd have to be Booker as well. Yeah, it's tough. Bledsoe's stats were, I don't know, one point per game less, three more assists per, one and a half more rebounds per game. Uh, Man, that's tough to say. Maybe if Bledsoe would have been able to play the whole 82 games this season, that would really, really make it tough. But, I mean... Booker played in 78 this year. He had the big games. I mean, yeah, we got to go Booker. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to Booker, we were turning on and watching games specifically for him and some of the other young guys, especially towards the end of the season. And I think that's good enough to give him the MVP. And after Sun's MVP, we had Sun's Defensive Player of the Year. So I guessed that it would be Tucker. Chuck guessed that it would be it would be Tucker. And Mitch, you guessed Bledsoe. And I think Bledsoe is a safe choice going in, but I actually think Bledsoe kind of took a step back on the defensive end this year. And if you guys want to argue against that, I am definitely all ears. But 
I, I just think that for for the time that he was, PJ was definitely our best defensive player. Yep, no yeah, doubt. I, I agree with that. All right. And then Suns Rookie of the Year. We all guessed Chris. And I did I did say very early in the year that Bender would be a, probably a better defender. So I feel good about that, but he barely played, so there's that. So, Chris, I think we probably all agree with that right now. I don't think there's any difference except that I, I think we all were hoping that Tyler Ulyss would play well, and once he got minutes, he did. <clears throat> so, not that much different there. Yeah, I think if Ulyss would have played the amount of minutes that Chris did and had that time to uh, just get that get those minutes on the court, maybe that'd be more of a debate right now. But Chris had the superior season, I'd say. Yeah, I think even if Ulyss did get those minutes... I, I don't know. I just think it took him a little longer to adjust to the game. I mean, even though Chris is still learning a lot and adjusting, just the things he was able to do right off the bat, I think, were more impressive than Ulyss. Yep. And I agree. Chris didn't play. He played about 600 more minutes than Ulyss. So 600 is a lot of minutes. But at the same time, if you're considering that Marquise Chris probably played about the same minutes per game as Ulyss. He just got those extra minutes starting and uh, especially earlier on in the season. So th- there isn't a drastic amount of minutes, that, like different different minutes. It wasn't like Chris played double or triple the amount of minutes that Ulyss did. So just do want to point that out. Another fun one, Suns wins. We, (laughs) we looked at what was the betting line for Suns wins. The the betting line was 26.5 wins. Now we all said over, but a couple of us made a couple bold predictions. Oh, great. So (laughs) Chuck, you didn't really, you did not make a bold prediction at all. You just said over 26.5. Mitch, that's okay. You you made a little bit of a jump, and said, "You know what? The Suns will win over twenty nine games." Oh, uh, okay. I I thought I was gonna say like thirty five or something. Nope, so that, that was my dumb though. idea. That was my oh. dumb idea completely. <laughs> okay. I decided to say the Suns would win thirty eight games. Oh, ew. I was I was off a little bit. <laughs> so, do you think maybe like? me and Mitch's homerism kind of rubbed off on you before you made that answer? Is that a possible? Uh, yeah, I bet that was That's the possible. case. Yes, a little a little bit of the homerism, definitely, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> Plus my own homerism. But I think at that point, if you were trying to guess, or I guess at that point, if you were, if you were trying to guess wins, my, my main argument was, how is the, how different is this team from the year before and when i looked at it i i came up with the argument that we should look we should technically be better because bloodsoe is healthy and booker has a year under his belt and we're getting chris and bender and Ulyss, which bender didn't really play and then we really set people really a, a lot earlier than normal so I feel like we possibly could have like cracked 30 wins if we didn't rest. But that being said, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was hoping we were a little closer in the rebuild than reality. Or I can just blame you guys, whichever one. (laughs) Both. Trust the timeline. So the final Suns (laughs) prediction that we made was Suns trade. Oh, I know what I said. Mitch decided to tease us when we first, right before we recorded the episode, and say that he had a bold prediction on a trade. And then that bold prediction was that no one would be traded. (laughs) Yep, I remember that. (laughs) Chuck thought that Len would be traded. And 
I thought that Knight would be traded along with Archie Goodwin in a package deal. So I feel like technically, since Archie uh, was not on the team, that kind of counts. But uh, we cut him, and that wasn't a trade. So there's that. And uh, we were all wrong because Tucker finally got traded after what seemed like three years of him possibly getting traded to a contender. And uh, it finally happened this year. So we were all wrong. And uh, that's what happens. What's new? (laughs) (laughs) Here is where we, some of us aren't wrong because we're going to get into actual league awards. These ones are more interesting and had a lot more trash talk when we were making these predictions specifically. So Are these answers more or less ridiculous than the Suns related ones? These ones are actually less ridiculous. Oh, well, okay. oh, that's a relief. <laughs> there might be a couple that are a little ridiculous. Um we'll, we'll get to there, but uh there are some that are a little ridiculous, but I think a little bit more tame than what the Suns ones were. But you can be the judge of that. So, I know it's kind of weird that we're doing, like, awards now. But, of course, we did just have the award show earlier this week of recording. And last week, if we aren't recording. So, it makes sense with how things finally got talked about. So, don't complain in comments. All right. (laughs) We're going to start with MVP. Because that's where we went next in the podcast. So, Mitch and Chuck, you guys both guessed that Westbrook would win MVP. And you were both right. And then proceeded to talk (laughs) mad trash when I said that not only would Harden get MVP, but he would be the Steve Nash in D'Antoni's Rocket System. And be very Steve Nash-like. Do want to point out that Harden averaged 11 assists and uh, led the league in assists while also scoring a bunch. So not the craziest thing to say he was the Nash, and he definitely was the Steve Nash in D'Antoni's system. So much so, not really so much so, but you guys had turned by the end of the season and were hoping that Harden would win MVP, and were definitely, especially Chuck, on the bandwagon of the stat chasing and how Westbrook didn't deserve it. So, yep. Yep. I'll admit that I was I was there. So, yeah, I I'm just going to shout this out. A few guys in our GM league listen to our podcast and they all know how much smack I talk about Russell Westbrook in my free time and not even on the podcast. Like I I just like talking smack about Russell Westbrook. So, if you take note of this, you'll realize that I did call Russell winning the MVP, even though I didn't like how he got it. I called it like that. I stand by it. And that's it. So, that's all I got. Okay, we can move on now. Should we plug (laughs) the league? What's what's the subreddit for that? Let's plug that really quick. Uh, I'm pulling it up. Don't ask me. I keep on forgetting to actually go on that subreddit reddit.com slash r slash n b n league one word the nbn basketball simulation gm league with elements of role play and fantasy <laughs> not the last two parts but uh, i would say there's some fantasy for sure yeah <laughs> all right so we aren't going to dwell on the MVP thing, even though you guys warmed up to from scoffing at the James Harden pick to actually wanting it to happen. We're going to gloss over that. And we're going to go to Defensive Player of the Year. Now, Mitch, you and I both said Kawhi, though we thought Kawhi would get it. But technically, I didn't necessarily vote for Kawhi as my pick. I said I refuse to vote to say that Kawhi or Draymond will get it, so I'll say DeAndre just so I don't have to say either of those guys. And Chuck, well, you are still wrong. 
I know I was wrong, but I just want to point <laughs> out that I am the only one that said Draymond, okay. so I get a point. Oh. Oh, I also sure. had to I also had to be the one to look after these so or look these back up, so I get a point for that too. Okay. Just in case fine. you're wondering. You Chuck, can have that one. Chuck was probably at the actual closest though, because he said Gobert, and it really seemed like it was between Gobert and Draymond, especially while we were waiting to figure out who won. So good call by Chuck. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Rookie of the year, though, we weren't so close. We were, we were a little off on this one. So Mitch said that Brandon Ingram would win rookie of the year. Not close. Not close. But it gets better. I think mine's worse, and I think I know who it is. I think I remember who I picked. Was he traded this off season by chance? Yes, he was. Oh no! <laughs> a little, a little Chris Dunn action. Chris <laughs> well, Dunn. Definitely Chris some Dunn Chris Dunn. You picked oh, Chris well, Dunn. At least I didn't pick year. Chris Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> you picked Chris Dunn and said that he would force the Wolves to trade Rubio during the season, <laughs> and he will get Rookie of the Year. Nailed it. <laughs> Rubio I, did get traded. I mean, Rubio did get traded, but technically Chris Dunn got traded <laughs> first. So yeah. there's that. I said that Buddy would win Rookie of the Year because... <laughs> oh, of course, of course you did. did. Because I did. Um, yeah, I, I know I went full in on the Buddy stuff because I thought it was kind of hilarious at one point, and I did actually like the dude. Now he's on the Kings, so I can't like him anymore. But, uh, you know, he's the only one that actually got a uh, rookie first team. So there's that. None of us called Brogdon, huh? Brogdon. No one called Brogdon. Or Dario Saric. Or... I mean, Dario Saric doesn't count because the only reason he was in contention was because Joel Embiid broke his foot again or knee injury or whatever. I don't remember what, what he did. Whatever. He had some sort of injury where he couldn't play. I like Dario Saric. Of course he do. He's a decent player. Of course he do. Yeah. (laughs) But it gets better because next is sixth man of the year. Uh, Oh, see. We could skip. I'm just going to take this one. I'm going to take this one. I've mentioned this recently enough on the podcast before that Mitch and I both selected Brandon Knight to be the sixth man of the year. Of the NBA, not just the Phoenix yeah, Suns. Of the whole league. <laughs> league-wide, sixth man of the year. We picked Knight, mm-hmm. and we, we've we talked amongst ourselves about this plenty, about how terrible that decision was and how embarrassing it was. But to be fair, who saw this coming? No one saw this coming. Right, so. right. Who'd you pick, David? Uh, Let's just keep it moving, huh? So I said that I would be really annoyed when Jamal Crawford got sixth man of the year again because all they ever give it to is whoever scores the most. And they technically did give it to whoever scores the most in Eric Gordon. But I was really pulling for Iggy, and uh, he didn't get it again, which is really unfortunate. But, uh, you know, you can only have good, gracious contracts with the Warriors and be on that team and get so much love. So... That is the uh, that is the last of the individual awards, and for our last couple guesses on predi- or predictions, I guess not guesses, we did playoffs, and some of us did some seedings. Oh. Some of us did not do some seedings. <laughs> Specifically for the West, I did not seed. Um, I do not know. I don't think Mitch did either. But Chuck did, so why why would I do that? Chuck decided That's to just setting myself up. He he was for going bad. for failure, but he wasn't <laughs> too far off. He wasn't that far off. You just got to switch a couple things here and there with the seating wise, and he he was pretty close. Not hmm. as close as Mitch because Mitch guessed all the teams right, but oh Ooh. yeah, nice because Mitch. Did say Warriors, Clippers, Blazers, Thunder, Jazz, Rockets, Memphis, Spurs. Those were all the teams. Not that order, but whatever. Chuck's order was Warriors, Clippers, Spurs, Jazz, Thunder, Blazers, Rockets, T 
Timberwolves. And I almost picked the Wolves. I almost put them at the eight seed. Hmm. And then I specifically asked, you're putting the Timberwolves over the Grizzlies? And Chuck said yes, because we're going to have fun. And I was like, all right, you know, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you were pretty close. I mean, you know, you flipped the Spurs and the Clippers and then put the Rockets after the Spurs. And that's pretty close to how everything was minus the Timberwolves. So... You do some. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, um, I think I technically have the worst because I guessed that the Mavs would make the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> but but wow. I'm going to I'm going to defend it because I specifically said that I only wanted to have the Mavs in the playoffs because I felt like they were getting shafted too much about by a certain person who was on a podcast with us right before we did these predictions. Oh, oh, okay. I and so I was that. trying, I, I felt like I needed to defend the Mavs a little bit more, and that's why I did that. <laughs> but <Okay>. uh, <laughs> That's that's fine, then. I'm glad you did. So, so that's why I did that. I did have Utah not in the playoffs, though, so that there's that, which was bad. When it comes to the East, we did have some seating here and uh, we were a little less close on these ones so mitch you guessed that the order would be Cavs, raptors celtics pacers pistons hawks bulls bucks so order wrong but you were pretty close if you would have had the you would have had the bulls in there you would have been right or not the bulls i'm sorry whatever i don't care anymore (laughs) if you wouldn't have had the pistons in there that's what i was going for right right whatever that was my reach i mean i i didn't want to put the wizards in anywhere either chuck was the only one to put the wizards oh that's that's dumb though i should have got the wizards chuck is the only one of us that said that the wizards would make the playoffs oh but also the wall had a great year oh he did but you were also the only one of us to say that the bulls wouldn't make the playoffs which yeah you know shouldn't have (laughs) they really shouldn't have yeah so chuck you said Cavs, celtics raptors pacers pistons hawks wizards hornets so you didn't have hornets you didn't have either b team on there the bucks or the bulls oh it's okay i regret that i didn't regret that i didn't have the bucks either i had Cavs, raptors celtics pacers Hawks, Pistons, Hornets, Bulls. So, I didn't have the Wizards or the Bucks on there. Go me. Then, finals predictions. Um, We all said that it would be Cavs-Warriors. But I did say that I really wish that it would be Cavs-Thunder. But uh, that didn't happen whatsoever. But <laughs> I said that it definitely would be Cavs-Warriors. So, that's about as much fun there. I tried did to we get- say how many games it would take? No, no games. Dang it. I was hoping I would have said Warriors in five in that prediction at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, I don't. Because I I called that before the playoffs started, but I guess not as early as I was hoping. You did call it before the playoffs, but I don't think, or not, I don't think. No one guessed any games before the season even started, so there's that. I tried to bait you guys in some all-NBA snubs, but, uh, there wasn't really anything there. Chuck said a point guard would be snubbed. And I said that probably one of Blake Griffin or Jimmy Butler wouldn't make the team. Mm, whatever. I mean, Blake Griffin didn't, but that was also because he's an idiot. So there's that. All right. Yeah. And that's it. That is all of our predictions that were before the season. We've got those out. They were pretty bad. Um, I, I'm, some of them were good I, in a very predictable season. <laughs> some of them were good, but a lot of them were bad. So, yeah. Hopefully, we learn from our mistakes, and next season our predictions aren't as terrible. And uh, I think they will be because none of us will predict Brandon Knight for anything. So that already like <laughs> bumps Knight, everything up. Brandon Knight, eleventh man of the year, <laughs> MVP of the bench. MVP of getting cut. MV gum holder. <laughs> MVP gum holder. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so that took quite a while. That's good though. That was fun. We, you know, some of those were more ridiculous than others, but that was good stuff. But let's get into yeah. the free agents, free agency moves and trades we've seen already. And last week we touched on the Jimmy Butler trade, which brought him and the 16th pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the seventh pick, which turned into Laurie Markkinen. And last week, we all agreed the Wolves definitely won this trade, but the Wolves have still been pretty busy since then. Minnesota moved Ricky Rubio to the Jazz for a 2018 first-round pick, and shortly after this, the word was out that Jeff Teague would be signing with the Wolves, which he did, and that was a three-year, $57 million contract. So first of all, I think the Wolves have really put themselves into a solid position. I predicted that eight seed last year. Maybe that's a little more achievable with uh, Butler and Teague on the team. But what do you think about these moves for the Wolves? I mean, they better make the playoffs. Like, that's huge. Getting Jimmy Butler, that's ginormous. And Teague, I think, is going to fit in really well there. I'm one of those people that think thinks Rubio is a good player because he plays really good defense and he steals the ball a lot. So, I mean, losing him, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference, but I think he is a good player because of those things. But uh, I think Teague's going to work well there. Um, and then, I, I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. Like, is Jimmy Butler, what, a top 15 player? Yes. Jimmy Butler's really, really, really good. And the West is stacked now. Yeah, I think Butler's good, but the the Teague signing I just don't like at all. This is the second year in the row where the Jazz have profited by taking a point guard from another team so that way they could sign Jeff Teague. And, like... (laughs) That's a good point. Jeff Teague had a (laughs) pretty, like, good run in Atlanta, but... He's not as good as George Hill or Ricky Rubio. And now teams have traded both those guys away in consecutive years so that way they could sign Jeff Teague. I I mean, like, yes, he will provide spacing. And he doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, which is good. But maybe they could have made a bigger push for George Hill or something like that. I don't think... I think everyone kind of knew that Drew Holiday was going to re-sign with the Pelicans, so there wasn't really a way they could get him, but I don't know. I just feel like they should have made a push for someone else, and now with this and reports that they are not going to get Paul Millsap, I I mean, they have an uphill battle still. they got to figure out that power forward position before the season because... I don't like the idea of starting both Cat and Gorgie Dang in the same front court, and I get it that it kind of worked, but I just don't like it. I mean, okay, you have Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. I don't care who they start at the four. Like, with those three guys, that's going to be awesome. They just need some shooting is all. Yeah, but this is the west i mean like in the east yeah that would be a top team but in the west i mean there's a lot more competition and there's a lot more competition now more than anything else that's true but i mean we're gonna get to this i think the timberwolves are a better team than the clippers right now i I don't know If, if blake griffin can be healthy he was third in MVP voting a couple years ago. I don't think it's going to happen. A couple years ago, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, but it's quite possible. Well, What's DeAndre we'll Jordan going to do without Chris Paul throwing him right. alley-oops now? Right. I really want to He finally see gets his like wish of being the centerpiece of an offense like he was going to be in Dallas before they locked him in a house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, really. Because Blake won't be the centerpiece. Yeah. I mean, like, he won't be for the first, like, month or two with his broken foot. Yeah. Well, he'll be riding shotgun at least. He'll be the second option. Right? Yeah. 
Or Austin Rivers. I mean, like, it's going to be the Austin Rivers and uh, Lou Williams show for the first couple months, for sure. And Kyle yeah. Wilcher. I mean... And, oh, yeah, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> I, I mean, the, the Clippers are in a pretty rough situation, especially, because, I mean, they don't have J.J. Redick either, who is their best three-point shooter and was really good for them the last like three years or however long it was now he's gone yeah 23 million to go play in philly i mean why not one year 23 mil trust the process and such get out of the west play for an up-and-coming team (laughs) that wanted to pay you 23 million dollars i don't blame him yeah i absolutely agree okay so the next big trade in the league was a bit of a shocker seeing Paul George sent to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Demondis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. I'm a bit surprised to think that this was the best deal that the Pacers could get for George. And no offense, Mitch, Sabonis just isn't a proven player in this league yet. And Oladipo just signed that rather frightening four-year, $84 million contract. So what do you guys think about this one? The Thunder actually yeah, saved I mean, $4 million off their cap this year by doing that trade. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Think about that. Oh, my gosh. That's so awful. Oh, yeah. Oladipo makes more money than Paul George. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you're right. I love Sabonis. Go Zags. But... He is unproven. He's played one year, and he sat the bench a lot of the time after the Taj Gibson trade in Oklahoma City. So I think he's going to be legit, but he's not yet. He needs more time. And people are excited about Oladipo coming home. Well, maybe he's excited about going home. I don't know. But, like, that's that's awful. That is a terrible trade. And – I mean, the thing that I saw was offered on draft night from the Celtics was Jay Crowder, three first-round picks, and some other starter that was not named. And the Pacers passed that up and instead got a terrible contract and an unproven second-year player. Are you kidding me? I mean, Marcus Smart isn't really a starter, so... I don't think it was actually Marcus so, Smart, but I, I mean, uh, I don't know. I You're going to talk some garbage when I say this, but I kind of think that the idea of, or that was talked about of being like a Jordan Clark, Jordan Clarkson plus Julius Randle plus like two or three of those late picks that they had was probably a better deal. Than the Celtics? No, then the deal that the th- the oh, Thunder oh. deal that they actually got. Yeah. Well, yeah, one first round pick would have been a better deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No, like I, there there is talk that the the Pacers GM really just didn't want to give Paul George that what he wanted and go into L.A. and also didn't want to trade him to an East team. So right so, because of the he was thinking emotionally. Supposedly, there was... That's what the report said. There was that trade that uh, was supposedly, like, love to the Nuggets, um, whatever, to the Pacers, and then Paul George to the Cavs, and supposedly that was agreed upon by Stan Cranky. I'm going to call him Cranky, and uh, (laughs) Dan Gilbert, but uh, Pacers GM backed out on it and didn't want anything of it, and... There was talk of the four first-rounders that Boston offered at the trade deadline and then the draft day idea. I mean, this this seemed very much like a move that was just get him out of the East and also don't give him what he wants. Fine, he wants to go compete, then you can go try and compete in Oklahoma. Right. With old Russ. With old number one option, Russ. Make All his right. trip to L.A., Give him a stopping point on the way to L.A. for a year. There you go. That makes sense. Okay, let's keep things moving, though. And uh, what's next here? All right, yeah. Los Angeles Clippers. The big trade that sent Uh, Chris Paul 
to the Rockets, and then in return the Clippers are picking up about half of an NBA roster. They got Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrezzi, Harrell. Montrez Harrell. Darren Montrez. 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 God. <laughs> okay, I'll just start over there. Montrez Harrell, Darren Hilliard, DeAndre Ligon, DeAndre Liggins, Kyle Wiltger, a protected first round pick next year, and then some cash money too. So I think the main point this all boils down to is what are the Rockets going to look like with James Harden and Chris Paul sharing the court? Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I saw a great video um, right after this trade happened. I forget who posted it, but um, it was from that movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell. And the caption was like, Chris Paul and James Harden trying to learn how to share the ball. And Will Ferrell's passing to, or I think Will Ferrell's in the post, and the other guy is passing to him, and they just keep passing it back and forth for, like, 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. And that's what I imagine in real life. Harden actually reposted that <laughs> well, on at least Instagram. Oh, okay. he, he saw it and reposted it and apparently thought it was hilarious. So It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it was that definitely good. good. Um, you know, if anyone wanted to see what would have happened with the Lakers if Stern didn't veto that Chris Paul trade – five years ago or whatever that was then they finally get their chance with this cool i guess but uh i i don't know i mean chris paul and james harden are both well dominant but it's not like they've never played with another ball handler is what i'll say so um the first couple years when chris paul was with the clippers he had eric bledsoe and they would play together and Bledsoe didn't even have an outside shot at that point. He was basically just all athleticism. And, you know, James Harden had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City before. So, you know, it it makes sense that these guys can probably work together and just want to win. But does this really push them over Golden State? Nah. No. It's just like, man, wouldn't it (laughs) – like that's really good you would really need two really strong defensive wings to really guard them <coughs> oh you mean like clay thompson and durant okay <clears throat> okay so let's keep things with the clippers and blake griffin decided to stay with the clippers signing a big five-year 173 million dollar contract so real quickly with all the buzz surrounding the big meeting between Blake and the Suns at the start of free agency, that never happened. So how do you guys feel about that whole situation in general, I guess? All it ever was was a way for him to get a fifth year on his max deal with the Clippers. And I think we all agree on that. We were talking some hypotheticals in our Slack channel about what this could mean and what where would this even put us on the west after the paul george trade the chris paul trade to the rockets and butler being in minnesota would this even would this put us in enough of a chance to where we would even where would we be like that was a real question that we had to ask and i i don't think that there was ever a chance where blake was actually coming here and uh it it just it was only for like just for purposes to say, look, I can get a max from any of these teams. Give me that fifth year. Yep. I I agree, and I just think it was kind of cool to have a little bit of hype surrounding us again. We haven't had that for a couple years. So that was kind of exciting for like 36 hours. Too bad we didn't have enough time to put up a big Blake Griffin <laughs> banner on a building downtown. Yeah. Thank really God we didn't have didn't time even to have do time that. for that. Oh man, I Blake's one of those guys I really don't like, but put him in a Suns jersey. I'm his number one fan, probably. <laughs> yeah. Is how that goes. Yep. Same so, here. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't get dra- dragged on or anything like that, and it's over now, and I can go back to talking smack and hating on blake griffin so yeah and 
I'm not. Nope. I'm not. Too we're mad. we're not even in the Paul Millsap r- things either because we decided to back out of that. So we're not getting any free agencies. No, that's fine. We're standing by now, or we're going back to the hey, let's just uh, keep with those youngins. Yep. Yep. Sounds like we're open to trade veterans, but probably not young guys, and we just want young talent. So, I mean. Patience. What does that say for our expectations of this season? Probably similar to what they were heading into this year, I guess. Probably yep. a little lower, more realistic. Yep. Uh, that, that's what I'd have to say, but we'll get into that and at a further date in the future. We will. We will, we will get into that um, after we're hyped as all get out from Summer League and decide that we're going to win 40 yeah. games. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Josh Jackson, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, <laughs> and MVP. Yep. Um, That's fun. One thing, well, a couple things I want to mention before we wrap it up here is that we will be going to Summer League. If you've made it this far, you'll get some exciting information here. We have giveaways planned. We have Twitter shout-outs. We have all kinds of fun stuff planned for Summer League. So keep an eye on uh, what we're doing. We're going to be doing some cool stuff. Um, but the big thing in the like very immediate future is uh, YouTube subscribers. We are five subscribers away from 100 on YouTube. So thank you to everyone who has already subscribed. And the next five people to get us to 100, we will be shouting out uh on the podcast whenever that happens we'll shout out all five of you so keep that on in mind if you've made it this far good stuff and yeah that's gonna do it for this week so again our twitter handle is at sunny and phx pod and yeah that's gonna do it boys go suns <laughs>